0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Okay, go to Psalm 92 this morning. God for the anointing all right Psalm 92 are you there Mm -hmm. let's look at verse 10 it says but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn I shall be anointed with what what kind of oil Now we know the Old Testament basically a type and shadow of the anointing is the oil that they used back in those days. So David here is saying what he needs, he needed a fresh oil every single day. In other words, he wasn't happy with the anointing he had yesterday. How many of you know the anointing you had yesterday that was in manifestation is not going to help you today? And the anointing coming in the future is not going to help you in the future. That's why you need a fresh anointing every single day. So here he's praying for it. He says, man, I want a fresh anointing every single day. And how many know there's sometimes you know when you've been away from the anointing for a while? Yeah. I mean, somebody's mentioned something about dry. You feel dry, man. I'm telling you what. You go to pray and you can't even hardly think of a scripture. <laughs> Got to get your Bible back out because you forgot what they were. That's because you stepped out of the anointing. You left the anointing go and you do not have a fresh anointing on you. I always tell people, you know when you don't have a fresh anointing and the anointing has waned when you start to squeak. Oh, the music's too long. He's talking too long. People are coming. I don't know why they're coming early. I don't know why they're coming late. I don't like that coffee house. I squeak, 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 squeak. And what do you need fresh oil? need to get back in the oil of God. You need to have a fresh anointing every single day. How many know there's a fresh supply of the anointing every single day? How many know that you need to really tap into that anointing? Now, the anointing doesn't leave you. It's just at different levels in your life. Sometimes it's hot, like, you know, Charlena talked about when she was doing the work of God and ministering. How many know the anointing is strong then? <laughs> Like she said, time just went. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah, because that's the way it is when you're in the spirit things and in the anointed things. Time doesn't really matter at that time. The Bible says when you were born again, you receive the spirit of Christ. Christ is another word for the anointing. It means to rub and smear with something. So when you got born again, you receive the spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. Praise God. So the Spirit of Christ is the anointing of God. You have the anointing of God in you, the power of God in you, the wisdom of God in you, everything you need on the inside, and everything God does is by His Spirit. So you have everything that you need. But now it's your turn to nurture the anointing on the inside of you because we live in a natural world. And the natural will pull on that anointing, it'll wane that anointing, it'll knock that anointing down. Sometimes you get up in the morning, man, you can't wait till you get to your Bible and read 10 chapters of the thing, and another morning you get up and you don't care if your Bible's even in the same room as you. Why is that? Because the natural has pulled on you before, it's pulled on you with natural situations. You're living by what you see, you're living by what you feel, rather than the Word of God. Whenever you're living on the Word of God, you're up. There's nothing in here negative. He says you're holy, oh, that's terrible. Says you're healed. Oh my God, that's terrible. No, everything in here is good. So if you're on the word of God and living in the anointing, you will be happy. Well, what will you be? You'll be living in righteousness, peace, and in the? Praise God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. People could just understand this is a lifestyle. It's not a after the service is over church where hands are laid. It's not. You know, any specific moment, it's not a moment in time, it is a way that you live. You're required to live in the anointing of God and in the Spirit of God. All right, right, Second Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, liberty But we all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it says wherever the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Where is the Spirit of the Lord this morning? He's in you but He's everywhere. How many of you know He's everywhere? So if the Spirit of the Lord where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and the Spirit of the Lord is everywhere why isn't there liberty everywhere? You're looking for an answer, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, why? Why is there freedom? Because there's a difference between the Spirit of the Lord being in you and the anointing in you and the anointing being in manifestation in your life. In other words, there's time when the anointing's in manifestation, and it's not going to manifest without you thinking about it. It's going to manifest when you are aware of what's on the inside of you and what God wants to do that day. How many of you know that you were not only created by Him, you were created for Him? That's one of the greatest revelations I always got. I thought I was created by Him and for me. So I did what I wanted to do, went where I wanted to go, did what I wanted to do, didn't make any difference, and all at once I read I was created by Him and for Him. So I had to find out why I was created, because He's the one who created me for a certain specific purpose and everything else. So I had to find out what that was. So there's not freedom everywhere. And, of course, if somebody's not born again, there's no freedom. But even people who are born again are living in bondage. Well, the Bible says the anointing will break yokes and break... Burdens. So, for operating in the anointing, how many know the yokes and burdens in our life should be broken in our lives, and we should be living in liberty, which is freedom. So, there's a way you can walk not only that benefits other people. How many know it's going to benefit you too? Uh, to, it's better to be happy than sad. It's better to be in joy than be down and out and depressed. And all that's got to do with the anointing and the attention that you're putting on and being aware of the anointing. People in the church today, they're aware of Jesus and His powerful anointing when He walked on the earth. They're aware of Pentecost Day when everybody comes with their new hat and new clothes and celebrates. They're, they're, remember the revival that happened 25 years ago. But few, few put faith in the Spirit of God and the anointing that's on the inside of them now. Say now and that comes by faith not by anything in the natural realm sometimes you'll get a goose bump and you'll say the anointing's all over me well you ought to know you know what I mean you've got natural manifestation and your arms are sticking straight up and your hair's sticking straight up it doesn't take a whole lot of spiritual intelligence to figure out that the anointing's on you but it's the times when your hair isn't standing up it's when you've got to apply faith and not the natural situation to the anointing you have on the inside of you and some people went out yesterday and they Laid hands and did things on you. Sometimes you'll lay hands on people and you will feel the anointing of God flow into them. You'll feel the anointing go through them and come back on you. Other times you won't feel anything. But the scripture still remains the same You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. He never said you'll lay hands on the sick and get a goosebump. See? So in order for us to operate in the anointing of God, we have got to get out of the natural realm mind-wise, and get over into the spirit realm. And the problem with that is most of the things that the anointing, the still small voice on the inside of you, tells you to do, you can't do. See, and if you can't do it, then you're going to need the anointing to do it. And the first thing your mind's going to tell you is you can't do it. So God says, do this. Start a church. You think, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, praise God. I ain't starting no church. I'm going to be crazy. I ain't going to do that stuff. But on the inside of the the anointing told you that. So now you're going to have to get out of your head, aren't you? And you're going to have to get on the word of God in order to advance to a new level to where you're now headed towards the spirit realm rather than what the natural realm looks like. I'm going to start a church. Got any money? No. Got a building? No. Know the Bible? I read it a couple times. I mean, everything's against you in the natural realm. But it doesn't matter because on the inside of you is the spirit of the Lord and the anointing of God. And God does everything by his anointing, not by your natural ability. So if you're going to put faith in the natural ability that you have, you're always going to be a loser because you're not going to do what God's telling you to do. And even if you do do it in your own way, it's not going to work out. You've got to do it in God's way. So that's why it's important for you to to rely on the Spirit of God and the ability of God on the inside of you to do whatever God's whispering for you to do or talking or telling you to do. Because by hooking up with Him, I found out that if I just decide to do something, the anointing helps me. If I think I might do it, think i might do it well we'll see that sounds sort of like a good i don't really know eh. but when i put a decision on i'm going to pastor a church that's when the anointing went to work in my life and started fulfilling what god told me but until i made the decision say until i made the decision so you've got to make spiritual decisions, don't you, when you're when you're touched. You're laying on the floor, you got touched one Sunday, God spoke to you something, and you knew it was God at the time. Now you don't know if it's God or not. You don't even know if it was God or the devil. You don't even know if it's God, the devil or your mother-in-law, you don't know who in the heck it is. And you're in a position now where you don't know what you want to do. But when God speaks to you in here and you get something, it's gonna be something that your mind is gonna your mind's hardly ever gonna say, woo We're gonna lay hands on the sick and they're gonna recover. We're gonna cast out devils. We're we're gonna live in peace and joy. We're gonna love everybody see your mind argues with that stuff so if you're going to live by the anointing you have to agree with the word that goes with the anointing and the only way you can do that is get out of the natural realm and get into a a different place jesus came one time and he said i'm going to give you the spirit of truth which the world cannot receive because it sees him not why can't they receive the spirit of god because they don't see him But there's people in the church who have the Spirit of God in them, and since they can't see Him, they still don't receive from Him because they can't see Him. Are you following me? And don't know that He's in there because they want to see Him in order to understand He's in there to put Him to work. And you can't do that, see? We're no better than the world in that aspect. I don't see any Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, Holy Ghost? And most of the church is that way, too. You got the Spirit of God in you. Well, I don't feel nothing. I don't know if He's in there. Well, I mean, do you got kidneys? Have you ever seen them? Well, no, i never seen him. But the doctor said, well, Jesus said. The Bible said. Amen. Come on now. Amen. So basically, it's on the inside. So we've got to apply faith to that no matter what we feel like. I'll tell you, some of the most powerful times you'll have would be some of the driest times when you just put faith in the Word of God and do what God wants you to do anyway, praise God. So a lot of the church don't even believe in the Holy Ghost because they haven't seen Him, haven't felt Him, haven't seen His demonstrations. Yet in the Word of God, it says basically that you have it. And what happened 20 years ago, isn't going to help you now most of the time. You know, I was in the revival way back in 1993. Good for you, but this is 2021. So you're not going to live on that anointing whack there. You're not going to be able to do it. The wonderful experience I had the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's great, but that experience wasn't supposed to be a one-time mark in your life to where things happened. It was supposed to set you on a catapult in the anointing of God and the Spirit of God to go forth then and live in that on a daily basis, praise God. The goosebump you had last Sunday is not going to help you this Sunday. See, it's the anointing of God that's on the inside of you, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. liberty. And if you look this up in some translation, it's where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. So that means I've got to make Him Lord in my marriage, I've got to make Him Lord in my job, I've got to make Him Lord in every single area. In order to do that, I've got to know what the Word says about it, and I've got to obey that Word in order to allow the anointing to go to work in my life. Then I start doing things that I could not do on the natural realm, because I am flowing in the Spirit realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Psalm 89. And whenever God speaks to you in your heart and you know it's God and it's something great and it's something beyond what you want to do and you're really excited about it, don't go to someone who's a deadhead. Don't go to somebody who's not flowing in the Spirit, hasn't been to church in 40 years, hasn't been on the anointing of God, hasn't been touched by God because they're going to agree with the natural. Do you understand? They're going to say you're crazy. They're going to say you definitely don't want to do that because this is going to happen, that's going to happen. No, you either need to keep it to yourself and cultivate it, until it grows on the inside of you, or find someone who is more spiritual than you, to run it by and see what they've got to say. They may give you an opinion. They may give you nothing. They may just pray with you about it. They may, but at least you're not being pulled in one direction or the other, see? And you don't want somebody to say, oh yes, the Lord's come upon me and that's what he said. You're supposed to buy such and such a place and da, 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 da. They're not there to direct you either. They're there to either... Are you following me? They're going to commit with you and say, yeah, that sounds good. Now go ahead and do it because it's not their job. Everybody's going to tell you how to do something when you're flowing in the anointing and you're being more successful than them. See, then Everybody's got the answer for your ministry. See, if you just don't stay behind the pulpit and don't walk. <laughs> if you just preach a nice word, don't get all upset and get all excited and start talking boldly about the Lord Jesus Christ. Just be casual. <laughs> tell them how much God loves them. Don't chew gum. When they come to church, lock them into a position. Get them in there quick because you don't want to lose them. You get them in a position someplace because you want all the members you can get. This is what you're told when you get in the ministry. When I got in the ministry, I knew two things, the Word and the Holy Ghost. And I say, that's what I have. Somebody comes along and says, how are you doing financially? Praise God, we're doing good. We're still there. Glory to God. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got this pledge thing you can do. And you get people to pledge. And you get to pledge. And once they pledge, then they slowly pay you over a period of time. They don't have to have the $10,000 now. They can give you $100 a week for everything. I said, pledge? I said, where did Jesus? Did He do that? Somebody's in there pledging someplace? Give away water from the Jordan or anything. Praise God. Or, No, he didn't do that so i I didn't want to do any of that stuff i wanted i i either decided the word and the anointing works or it don't if it works we'll still be here in a couple years if it won't then i'm probably better get back into po and start working again praise god come on now come on it's either going to worketh or it's not going to worketh and you've either got to trust the anointing or you don't trust the anointing you trust the voice of god or you don't trust the voice of god but the more you're in the anointing the more you will hear the voice of god how many of you know that when you're irritated and mad and upset you ain't hearing anything but your feelings and emotions are screaming, hollering and, and making fun, praise God. All right, Psalm 89, look at verse 20. It says, "I have found David my servant with I have found David my servant with my holy oil have I anointed him." with whom my hand shall be established mine arm also shall be strengthened the enemy shall not exact upon him nor the son of wickedness afflict him and I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them for they hate him but my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him and in my name shall his horn be exalted now he's talking about David one more time and here basically he's anointed him with holy anointing oil he's walking in the anointing and look at the benefits from that the wicked one touches you not see if you're constantly fighting the devil every single day in a big battle with the devil chances are you're not walking in the anointing or walking in and out of it once you're in the anointing of God when the devil comes around you just laugh at him and blow him away you know it's like a gnat coming around you just shake him away and you keep going why is that because you're in the anointing of God I mean an anointing might be bigger than the devil greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world praise God hallelujah So what happens then, praise God, is I'm walking in the anointing of God. I've got less problems for me so I can concentrate more on other people's problems. See, if you're broke, if you're down and out, if they're about to repo your house and you're sick, it's very hard to be sent into all the world to set people free because you're more concerned with me. You know, Lord, heal them. But what about me? What about me? Lord, get them out of debt. But what about me? What about me? So God wants you living above the natural realm so you can bring other people up above the natural realm. And the only way you do that is by the anointing of God that God has already given you. So the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart who would fulfill the will or the word of God. We already know the will and the word are together. So what is he here for? The same thing we are. When you get a heart after God and the anointing of God you will fulfill God's word here in the earth realm. You're going to fulfill by his stripes you were healed. You're going to fulfill your anointed by the Holy Ghost. You're going to fulfill that you give and it's given unto you pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I mean when you think about it naturally the, the, the screwiest thing and the natural that you ever had overcome was tithing. Wasn't it? You get saved. You love God. And somebody comes and says, you give 10, You should give 10% of your money now. And you say, praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, God. What? Because that, that's the dumbest thing you ever heard. For me, to, in order to get blessed financially and flow in financial blessings, I've got to give my money away? That still don't make sense. And I've been saved for 21 years. See, it, do, it doesn't work. It, it's something beyond. So what I gotta do I got to do? I got to see the word of God. There it is. I'm going to have a mind battle. I'm definitely not going to check with somebody who's not tithing in deep in debt. Uh, come on, come on. How you doing? Well, we're $21,000 in debt. Do you tithe? I should say not. We'd be $25,000 in debt if I tithe. <laughs> We've kept that money in a separate account just to help pay our bills. Well, it's, it's not understandable, is it? It's something according to the word of God. But once you start obeying God, then all at once the anointing comes And you say, my God, my bills are paid. How did you do that? I don't really know. I just tithed and, bless God, there was money there when I needed the money. It's the same way with health. It's the same way with peace. It's the same way with joy. It's the same way with, I shouldn't have any peace right now, but I walk in the peace of God. Praise God. And you know, I'm swishing on you and you're walking down the street like this thing. You know they're terrible in your mind. You say, great. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't it a wonderful, beautiful day? and on the natural everything's falling apart Uh, your wife kicked you out the dog bit you and everything else but it doesn't matter to you see because you're walking in a level above when you do that the anointing goes to work in your life and supernatural power starts invading different areas of your life starts invading your finances start invading your character start invading all, all the things the power of God that's on the inside of you and that's all done simply by living out of this natural realm and living in the things of the spirit of God Jesus says as the father has sent me I send Well, how did the Father send him? He sent him anointed to do things, and now Jesus sends us. How does he send us? Anointed in our life to do the same things that he did, basically, by that anointing of God on the inside of you. All right, go to John chapter 4. I can still remember back, it was years ago, when TBN was still running down the road there on 25th Street, and basically they were doing a half hour or hour TV show, and people were coming on, and they were doing it on Friday mornings, and they would tape you, and you could have guests and all that kind of stuff, and, and all at once I got called, and they wanted me to, to host that TV show. First I went on to preach, then I went on to host, so I was hosting the TV show, it was an hour long, me and my wife went on there, and we were hosting the thing, and every pastor came on, said the same thing, how did you get this hosting job? Did you send them a letter? A couple tapes that they could listen to. What did you do? I said, We didn't do nothing. They called me. I didn't call them. I didn't look for them. Why? Because it had nothing to do with me getting there. It had something to do with the anointing on my life that got me there. Are you following me? And a matter of fact, if you'd asked me if we wanted to do it, I'm sure we'd have said no. I know she'd have said no. They'd call and say, you want, to do it? you want to do another show this coming Friday? Okay, we'll do it. Becky, oh, no, oh, not another show. <laughs> and how I many you know that's being on TV make you a little bit nervous, you know? But when you get on there, and I mean, you do it and everything. But it wasn't because we got out there, got my name out there, wanted everybody to know who I was and what I was and what was going on. It's not about that. It's about the Word and the anointing of God allowing it to do the work that's in your life, no matter what the problem is. Praise God. All right, John chapter 4. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, Give me it a drink, and wouldst thou have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is very deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So here comes Jesus to the Samaritan woman. He offers her the gift of God. Say the gift of God. Yeah. What is the gift of God? It's the Holy Ghost. Say the gift of God. Yeah is the Holy Ghost. Now notice she heard about the gift of God maybe she didn't know it was the Holy Ghost but she rejected what he was trying to give her. And why did she reject it? Because she was looking at the natural realm. No bucket well too deep can't get enough water it's impossible for you to do and when God comes to you and offers you the gift which you now have and then comes and offers something to you that's not possible in the natural you're going to have to Believe the gift. Are you following me? Praise God. Somebody comes to you and say, "Oh, start a church." Well, I don't have any money. It's too expensive. Uh, I have too small a congregation. Sounds like a crazy idea. Don't look to that. Look to the gift. He says, "Lay hands on the sick." Well, I don't have any hands. I don't know what I can do with that. I don't have any. Look to the gift. When you look to the gift, everything becomes possible. We sang it this morning, all things are possible. It's more than a song with God, praise God. And you've got God, you've got the anointing on the inside of you. So when anything that came to you spiritually in the natural is a no, the gift makes it a yes. But once again, you've got to say yes first and then the anointing, see, here's me. Okay, show me how to do it now and I'll say yes. Show me where I'm going to be 10 years from now and I'll say yes. Show me that I'm going to have a building and great people and we're going to have some money and stuff. Then I'll say yes. But how many know the yes becomes all that before all that stuff? Wouldn't it be a lot better the other way? It's not that way. You say yes. What do you got? The same thing you had before you had yes. Yeah, nothing. You got the same zip you had before you said yes. But now the anointing goes to work and shows you how to do it what to do, how to do this, how to do that, how to do that. That's what the anointing for. And then when you get to a place, you can't pat yourself on the back for getting there because it was the anointing that took you from point A to point Z. Are you following me? Praise God. So that's what I want to do when that stuff comes in the natural realm. Here she says that Jacob drank here. He used a bucket, and that's how he always got water. The anointing will change the way you've always done things before. There's ways you've done things and and you've done them and they haven't worked and you've done them and they haven't worked and then you redid them and they haven't worked and you did them again and they haven't worked and 10 years later you're still doing them and they haven't worked. If they haven't worked, it could just be you're not doing them in the anointing. But we just keep doing it, don't we? Just keep doing it, keep doing it over one of these times it's going to work, no it ain't it's not going to work until you get out of the natural and you get in the anointing of God praise God and the anointing will change the way basically that you do things we, didn't, we don't plug you in when you come here, we don't force you to stay when you're in here we don't send you a bon bon cake or whatever to keep you here, we don't do the things other people do and notice what he says, if you drink of this water you'll never have to thirst again, well if you're going to take up pledges now Six months later, you'd be taking up pledges again, and you'll be taking up pledges again, and you'll be doing this again. Because in the natural realm, you've got to keep forcing people to do something rather than flowing in the anointing of God and trusting that anointing in your life. And that's the only time you won't have to worry about it again, because the anointing of God will take care of it in your life, praise God. All right, look at verse 13. Jesus answered to send unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water, they will not thirst again. So notice, you won't have to do any more raffles, you won't have to do any more sell coffee cups, you won't have to do any more bingo in your place, you won't have to do any of that stuff because now the anointing is working in your life. Look at verse 14. But whosoever drinks of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, say in him, Amen. in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So this anointing is available when? All the time, isn't it? This voice is available all the time. Walking in the anointing is available every single hour of every single day, no matter what comes from the outside. And that's why the Bible says you need to guard your heart with all day Diligence. Why? Because things are coming after that anointing of God. John said there's an Antichrist spirit coming, and believe it or not, it's in the world today. What's it for? It's anti your anointing to keep you walking in the natural realm where the devil can get to you and beat you up. If you're walking in the anointing of God, he cannot touch you, praise God, because there's power of God in your life and you're living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right, look at verse 16. Jesus said unto her, Go call your husband and come hither. How many know I but she's glad she heard that? Verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now is not your husband. And that he said is truly. And the woman said, watch this, great, great understanding. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Probably makes everybody in the world scared of prophets right now at this time. <laughs> you know that? What was she doing? She said, I was married. I tried this thing in the natural five different times. I tried it with this guy. He was going to be the guy, and that was going to take care of all my... Now, I'm going to try it with this guy, and that will take care of all my problems. I'll take care of this. Did it five times. I was still looking for another one, thinking it was going to take care of her problems. But notice the gift or the anointing Jesus was giving her was the thing that was going to take care of all her issues and all her problems. So basically, what was she? She was married to five husbands. Say five husbands. What's the matter with the church in this day and age? They're married to five husbands. Sight, hear, taste, smell, natural realm. They're married to the natural realm. And they keep trying to do things in the natural. And it won't work. And it won't work. You need to divorce the natural and marry the anointing, for goodness sakes. And when you do that in your life, things in your life that haven't gone your way for a long time, and he may tell you to do them different. You know, maybe mom and dad didn't do them the way they were supposed to. Maybe grandma and grandpa who passed everything down just weren't doing things the way they were supposed to. We love them, they were great and everything, but who knows what they know and what they didn't know. So we keep doing same, the same way, don't we? Over and over and over and over. I mean, things change for the better. How I many you know when I was, had three sisters and I was helping raise them, I had cloth diapers? <laughs> Let me tell you, that's no fun. And now we've progressed. So I ain't going to say, well, I'm just going to keep you some cloth diapers because that's what grandma did and that's what Uncle George did and we're going to keep clothing. No, I'm going to get me some diapers. Right? I'm going to throw, chuck them things away and not have to live in them things very long and wash them out and everything else. Are you following me? So things progress. If you're doing the same thing over again and it's not working, then find out what to do in God's way and in the anointing of God, but you've got to get out of the natural realm in order to do that. All right, John chapter 5, verse 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick folk, cripple folk, blind folk, halt, withered, waiting on the move of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years now how many know that's a long time dear lord verse six and jesus said unto him and knew that he had been there a long time said to him will thou be made whole so we have this guy he's on the five porches he's been there how long 38 years 38 years he's been there so so what's he doing there for 38 years on those porches he's waiting for an angel to come down and make something happen in the natural that he can see in order to get his deliverance the problem is he already knows when that happens he can't be the first one in the water anyway so he's sitting there 38 years waiting for the water to be stirred when the water stirred he can't get in at first anyway so he's sitting there 38 years going around in a circle so the stirring of the water happens what good's it to him he still can't be the first one in there so he's going to wait 39, 40, 41, 42, 43 so Jesus shows up and Jesus asked him one question look what he asked him will thou be made whole now who did that put the decision on not God did it I don't know if God's going to heal me I don't know if I can get the no Jesus said will you be made whole and he was hoping to get a yes answer I'm sure will you be made whole so, what was he doing? He's saying, What you've been looking for for 38 years is now standing right in front of you. The anointing is, I'm right here. I am right here. Will you be made whole since I'm here? Well, I can't get in the water. I tried it 25 times. And Will you come out of debt? Well, I don't think so because we need to buy a new car yet. We're already in debt. Will you be healed? I've been sick for 42,000 years and it just keeps getting worse and worse. I don't think but notice the anointing of God isn't standing in front of you. He's living on the inside of you. Amen. And we're looking for all these natural ways to, to get this done and get that done. No, what you need is already on the inside of you right here. The Spirit of God's on the inside of you. But once again, now notice how many porches were there? Five. Five. But here we stand on feeling. Somebody else is on the porch of smell. Somebody else is on the porch of seeing. And we're just standing there and we're going around and around. And years are going by and we're not operating in the anointing anyway. We're doing what we hope we can do. And God's just saying, will you live anointed? Will you love your neighbor as yourself? Will you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? Them? I don't know. I would like to try to do that, but I don't know. Until you make the decision... You know, he's not going to go to work in your life. If you're in debt this morning, you just say, Praise God, it says in the Bible, He don't want me in debt, and He's going to bring me out of debt. And as of today, praise God, I'm debt free in the name of Jesus, and I'm going forward. That's what you said, God, here's your word. Give it a give it unto you, bless, down, can your own You're going to meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. It's right there. I, that's what I believe, and that's what I make a decision. Whoosh, that anointing will go to work, and it'll say, I'm going to bring you money. Uh, you're going to get out of debt, but it'll say, stop spending so much. And you go, Oh, Jesus. That's not what I wanted to hear. It's like the man on the step. Will I be made whole? That's not what I want to hear. I want you to pick me up, throw me in the water, be the first one in there, and it'll take place, but it doesn't work that way, see? There was five things there. So you've got to make the decision. Are you going to live debt-free? Yes. Am I going to live in love? Yes. I make that decision. I'm not going to try to live in love. I'm not going to wish I would live in love. I, I would hope I'd live in love. I've decided I'm going to live in love no matter what, praise God. And when I do that, then the anointing helps me. How many know you need help to live... If you think you can live in love without the anointing, God bless you. Doesn't work that way. I'm going to live in peace. Everything's going to go right in my life. Forget it. Ain't going to work. You're going to live in peace in spite of what's going on around you because you're living an anointed life. And the anointing is going to help you live in that. You're going to help you live in righteousness, peace, and joy. Say joy. 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 Everybody keeps saying, you know, the last real revival, I guess it was in the United States, was a re- joy, revival of joy. People kept saying, well, that's not a revival. Oh, uh-huh, it's not. Is there a v- revival of depression? I didn't read in the Bible someplace. See, everybody wants to argue when God starts doing a certain thing. But, and I mean, you know, we needed joy. Yes. Back in 1993, we needed some joy. Praise God, hallelujah. People were coming to us and asking us to be sinners so we'd feel better. But no, there was no joy there, so that was the next thing. We had the faith movement for a while, praise God, and it still goes on. It's not a period of time. It's something to inject something into your life so that you live by faith. You live by the charismatic renewal outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You live by the joy. You live by all these, the holiness. All these were infiltrations and injections into the body of Christ so you could receive one at a time and now walk in the fullness of all those things. Now, they weren't to quit or stop in. Well, I'm holiness, brother. Back in the 1960s, we were all holy. We all wore white dresses, danced around, didn't sin, and they're still dancing around, not sinning. No, these are things that you grow in and you hang on to and you keep going. And the joy of the Lord back in the early 1990s it should still be in the church someplace. I mean, somebody should smile when they come to church. Some churches I go to, I mean, if, if you just stand up front and smile for 20 minutes, you'd probably break out in revival because somebody would have to smile back sooner or later and the power of God would hit the place and people would be touched and set free and... And I'm not even talking about denominations. I'm talking about full gospel churches, praise God. I don't know what full gospel they're preaching, but somebody should be happy in that place. Come on now. Jesus was a happy person, glory to God. He wasn't depressed. Even when his disciples didn't help him, he still wasn't depressed, praise God. All right, so here once again, it was the five porches. Will you be made whole? Jesus is asking us the same questions. Will you? Will you? Will you? Once again, you have to make the decision. Say, I have to. to. Make the decision decision. on the word. Then the anointing and the Spirit will go to work in my life to fulfill the Word of God. All right, Luke chapter 4. I mean, there's a time in my life where I had to say, I'm coming out of debt. I ain't going to live this way my whole life where I'm owing money all the time and paying interest. I'm coming out of that stuff right now. I'm going debt free. That's what you told me. And and people say, well, you're pretty far in. How's he going to do it? I don't care how he does it. I ain't the one that promised it. He promised it. If he promised it, he needs to be able to do it. Praise God. It's up to him. Glory to God. Not my responsibility. All right, Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward was hungry. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones, that they may be made bread. So here we see Jesus, he is basically in the wilderness, he's just been filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's, uh, there was wild animals out there, he hadn't eaten for 40 days, the devil was attacking him with everything, look at verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, say Jesus, Jesus returned, returned in the power, in the power of, the of, the of the Spirit, now you are the one responsible for staying and living in the anointing of God. Nobody else around you is responsible for you living in the anointing of God. You are the one responsible for living in the anointing of God. Nobody around you is responsible for you living in the anointing of God. Do you believe that this morning? Then you can't blame you not living in the anointing on anyone around you. That spouse thou hast given me. I'd be the most anointed person in the world. Those kids thou hast gave me see it's not that way it's your responsibility i'm sorry i don't know how bad they are i mean a lot of things when wendy came to that day were going wrong in her life and i don't know what kind of answer she wanted but it was very short you know she's probably saying okay oh, g- give me your list of things to do in this situation i said love them i mean oh, don't take long to take that note but it was the answer to the problem wasn't it you're gonna have to love them but this is what they're doing guess what you gotta love them well they're not nice to me guess what you're going to have to love them. Well, they just stabbed me in the back. Well, praise God, suffer with pain a little bit, but love them. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you do. That's what we do. Why? Because the anointing of my life is more important to me than something else out there or somebody not liking me. I need this anointing to live. I need it to set people free. I need it to have a good life, praise God. Years are flying by, and people have been depressed for 60 years. Praise God, come out of that, for goodness sakes, and live in the joy of the Lord and the power of God, and be happy about things. And Glory to God and, and everything gets old, you know? Even even Christianity sometimes gets a little bit old. You get in it, you're on fire, blah blah blah, you're doing all this and then after a while it gets the wanes a little bit. You can't do that. You got to stay on your first love, praise God. And you got to keep going. Sometimes you got to kick yourself. You know, jump start yourself. Keep going. This is going wrong, that's going wrong. Get off the natural and get on everything that he's done for you, praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, I've been here now for a long. We've been here for a long time and I don't go out every morning and say, "My God, a palm tree. Thank you Jesus." But when I first moved down here, a palm tree, my God, this is great, you know, the ocean, this is great. Now, you, you have people in, you know, we had our relation in, and they're looking, wow, look at this, look at that. I'm thinking, look at that big sandhill crane. I said, no, he's the stupidest birds I've ever seen in my life. They're thinking, look at that beautiful bird over there. Why is it? Because it was new to them, see, and you've got to keep that newness going in your life. And one way to do it is what some of you did yesterday. There's something about sharing the word with somebody that don't know it or reaching somebody else's life that just jumps on the inside of you. And when that happens on the inside of you, all it wants, you're like renewed to your first love all over again. And then it can get addictive. Be careful. So you, once it starts good, you know, you want to do it all the time. You want to, and then you've got to make sure you're not jumping on somebody, strangling them and yelling, devil, come out. You've still got to control yourself. Come on, it can go both ways, can it? So what are we doing? Basically, we're growing to the things of God. We're doing it. We're keeping that anointing. You're not, you're, I'm not going to lose my anointing today. I don't care. They pulled out in front of me in the car. You? No, I'm going to keep my anointing, praise God. Somebody said something I didn't like. You ain't going to get my anointing. You ain't going to take it from me. Well, this ain't going right. That ain't going right. Natural realm. Help me. Well, oh, Pastor Tom, uh, do you see, uh, you see my wife, what she's like for gosh sakes, and you want, me to, uh, you want me to operate in the anointing, for goodness sakes? No, I want to get your eyes off your wife and get them on the anointing, and, she'll, and that'll take care of your wife. Come on. What are we doing? We're releasing that anointing into our lives, into our marriage, into whatever, praise God, but we've got to get out of the natural realm in order to do that. So, all right, one more. Let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 1. You got to be getting something out of this this morning for goodness sakes. And look at look at poor Jesus. 12 disciples. What a mess. One of them's ripping him off. One of them's trading him they're fighting constantly over who's the greatest. They're always in confrontation. They're, and he's got to be with him, I mean, he just didn't see him on the street for a little bit. He'd living with him almost, out there in ministry. He's with him, tw- I mean, he's got to be thinking, dear, I wish I'd only had eight disciples. I wish I could change that book to get down to eight, and four, and maybe two. I really don't want 12 of them. But notice, he never left the anointing, although he had a good reason. And even on the cross, when he was being crucified, I think I would probably lose my anointing there for the guys who were crucifying me. But he didn't, did he? He said, Father, forgive them jeez never even entered my mind father kill (laughs) them, torture them (laughs) all those things were there but not him why he's living in an anointing and i'll tell you what if you're going to be crucified and be raised from the dead by the anointing you better stay in the anointing when you're being crucified because you're going to use that anointing to get out from the dead praise god all right proverbs chapter one here's been a key look at verse 22 How long will you simple ones remain and love simplicity? And you scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. I mean, there's not a whole lot of anointing there. Verse 23, if you'll just turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out of my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. What's he saying? He's saying, if you will pursue the way of the anointing, the way of the word, he will show you in the word what you're supposed to do and correct the things you're doing in the natural so that you can live in the supernatural. And then if you will turn, say turn, turn. at the reproof, the anointing of God will well up. Basically, again, there'll be a greater of it, greater flow in your life, the spirit of God upon you in your life. What if I don't turn? Going See? See? Sometimes we hear what God says, but we don't do anything about it. We don't turn. I know you're supposed to forgive. I read that in the Bible. I've got it number line. It's in orange, and it says, forgive. Or Jesus won't forgive you, and the Father won't forgive you. How's your son doing? Oh, I hate his guts. I'll tell you what. hes really else. See, it's good to have knowledge, but if you don't turn at the reproof, and I'll tell you what, if you don't turn, you get stuck. Because then he says, I will make my words known to you. How do you get fuller revelation? Act on the revelation you've already got. And until you act on it, why should he give you any more? You're not even doing what he told you to do before, for goodness sakes. So what do we want to do? We want to stay in the word, which you've got to do. Stay under teaching tapes. When something's corrected in our life, how many know we've all maybe got one or two things that need ironed out yet? And when that word starts to iron them out, then you turn. You change. You repent you say i'm sorry you do whatever you want to do and as you do that more revelation comes and it's a deeper revelation and more revelation comes and more revelation comes you know when i first started on this i thought i'm born again now and god's going to comfort me he's a comforter you know he hugs me and he comforts me and after about two days of that i found out he wanted to confront me not comfort me <laughs> See, and the comfort sort of went by the way. As he started saying, you need to change this, and you need to change that, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and that's what we want to line up for. And, and at first it seemed like I was going back under the law, you know. I thought I got redeemed from the law. But the laws of God are there to help you, not to hinder you. He made you. He knows what's best for you. So if you do what he tells you to do, your life will get fuller. There'll be more anointing there. There'll be more power there. There'll be more peace there. There'll be more joy in your marriage, in your relationships all around. But hanging on to that anointing and operating it is up to you. You can't blame anybody else. You're the one who's going to have to stay in that anointing because it's your anointing on the inside of you. Say, I have been anointed by God. I have the power of God, the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. I hear the still small voice. I will make a decision on that voice, on the Word, and the Spirit of God will then be responsible for showing me how to do it for bringing it to pass in my life. Holy Spirit, show me in the Word the changes I need to make. I will turn at my reproof and I will expect a greater anointing, more revelation in my life so I can fulfill my purpose here on the earth of extending your kingdom here in this earth realm. Hallelujah. All right, praise God.